What's up, cold weather bats people? This is Brandon Justice here to talk to you about our new partner here at CWB, and that is Prospect Center. Located in Clinton, Michigan, the Prospect Center is a baseball training facility that is available to all levels of baseball players, softball players, and teams. They've got an all-new field surf with three tunnels, six L screens, three field screens that are seven by seven, along with two pro-level pitcher mounds, an iron mic, a hack attack, and a hit tracks. So all the technology and amenities to provide for your individual training or team training. Owners Nick Capaferi and Mike Rice are in the building every day and can't be contacted directly for details at 586-649-7216. Again, Nick or Mike at 586-649-7216. Additionally, the Prospect Center is adding teams for the 2023 summer. If you're looking to take your team to a facility that can provide training throughout the winter and then a schedule for the summer, contact Mike Rice with Prospects Baseball. Welcome into another brand new episode of Cold Weather Bats. We are recording on the evening of Saturday, May 14th. Uh, that'll be the record date through which this week's Super 25 is updated. Anyways, my name is Brian Sikowski. I'm joined as always by Brandon Justice. Say hi, Brandon. How we doing? Just wonderful. Just wonderful. It's actually, uh, you know, far be it for me to complain about the weather in uh, total polar opposites of the way we compared we talk about the weather uh, early in the season but it's too hot for me it's too hot so I, I already spend most of the year in the south when it comes to baseball and i you know like what happened to just having a whole month of like 60 and, and windy yeah the uh the times change and they change quickly uh i think that was evident through the spring when we would get like a sort of warm day and by warm, I mean, I, like I, I use that term loosely, like like 55 and then 27 wind chill like the next. Yeah. Day. So I wonder I wonder if people would have taken climate change more seriously if you like directly <laughs> said like, hey, you're going to lose your springs and falls. But like <laughs> we sure did. We, I mean, we, we spring we spring to summer like fast. Like if uh, we summer to winter damn quick, too. Yeah. The whole the whole night. Did you see the whole next week's forecast is like almost identical to this week's. It's like a little bit cooler a couple of days, but it's almost identical. So we like hit gas out of nowhere, which I. Personally, like I'm fine with it. I will say, and I will agree with you though. I did have a thought like that. I, I was like, oh wow, like this is like hot. Like, <laughs> I, like I was too happy hot. for it. Yeah, yeah. I, like I was happy for it to be. But there was. I feel like every year we have like that warm stage in May, and that, or maybe even like late April. And this year, like we just totally skipped that. Like we went from I'm freezing my tail off to I am hot as hell. Like it was just, and there was no like in between. It was just a, a flip of a switch. And we went from early spring Michigan high school baseball to like mid July WWBA. Like it was yeah. just like in, in an instant. Dude, it, it was like two scouting trips ago for me that I like made sure I had my winter coat in my car before I left. <laughs> and now it's like that. I'm not going to take that out of the backseat of my car until next November. Now, like <laughs> it's in storage. It's in storage. Probably a lot of umbrellas, too. I mean, yeah. I think that was that had to have been the worst part of April. April was brutal. There was just so much rain. And I don't know if anybody at home knows, but if you don't have turf on your field, it's 
there are certain fields that drain pretty well. I can I can promise you that Memorial uh, and Wyandotte is not one of them. Uh, and if you're a Wyandotte resident and you're listening, there's if there's ever a conversation that comes up within your city council about a new park at Memorial, please please vote in favor of yes. Uh, so we'll move on from that. Uh, that was tough. I mean, we 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 got into the end of April, early May, I think, and we had only practiced outside three to four times. Think about that. I mean, we started March 14th, I think, right around there. We didn't start practicing outside. We first of all, we still haven't practiced outside regularly because we played six games this week, so we only practiced once. And the second time we practiced, it was pra- it was picture day, which is at school, and our our field isn't at school, so we just practiced inside right after pictures. So even when we've had the chance to, it just doesn't happen. Now here's a good one. Here's a, is a really good one for you, Brian. You're gonna love this. Uh, I might have already told you probably. One week we wanted to practice on a Friday, which was a nice day. But we couldn't because the field was dragged by the city at 1 p.m. for the doubleheader the next day. So we couldn't practice because we can't drag it because it's not our field. It's a city field. So on Friday afternoon when it was like it was the first day that it was like 80 a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago. And it we, we couldn't practice on it. We practiced inside that day. So, so that's, that's really tough, like, yeah, that's yeah. Tough. and then every other day that we could have, it rained or we played. It was like one of the two. And even if we played most of the time, it was raining in some form or fashion, which, hey, like I'm not sitting on a throne of complaints or anything. I'm just more or less just telling you the story of what it's like to be involved with Michigan baseball on a day to day basis, especially when you don't have turf. Right. So uh, or a good draining field for that matter. So it's been a, it's been a journey. I, now, I will say, like, because of all that, though, I'm thankful for how warm it is. I know you've been hot. I've been hot. Mm-hmm. But I'm happy. I'm happy that we get to, like, play and there's no, like, you know how it is, like, in coaching high school baseball. Like, you, 11 a.m. comes, game's not canceled. Like, we're going to play, are we not? <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll have you know that I am 1-0 in my career at Wyandotte Memorial High School. 1-0. <laughs> Just one. We won the. That was where they had the uh, News Herald Championship game at the News oh, Herald man. Invitational the news, or whatever. The News Herald was fantastic. Yes, it was a good one. It was a classic one. No, no doubt. That there was, was fifteen years ago, but yeah, you know. <laughs> I think about like tournaments like that growing up. I think that's like a really nostalgic thing. I don't know how you feel about that, but hell yeah, like, just those big ones that were that used to be a thing. If anyone's yes. listening that that played like a lot of youth ball in like the mid to like later 2000s even like early 2010s probably these things were still around but like the Cinco de Mayo Super NIT in Canton like at Softball City that was the most I mean that tournament was like you waited for it right and then as you got older you know the tournament's kind of like shrunk you triple SA kind of like goes away the older you get I don't know if that's still true but back then that's how it was um, but I just remember those like Cinco de Mayo tournaments and just like the firecracker NITs and all those all oh those, yeah you know, those things were so fun. They were such a blast. Just like the fightings that they had the stands where they sold you all the fightings and they, oh, yeah. the power balance bands and what have you. You know, if you put that on, all of a sudden you're going to be balanced in the box. Like <laughs> it was so funny. I remember those more so from an umpiring perspective. Cause like, you know, like it was travel ball when I was 12 was a long time ago. That was 20 years ago now. But like umpiring those was, you know, 10, 12 years ago. I can remember it a little better. You know what I mean? So like I, the, my memories of those were you trip had the most incredible mercy rules from an umpire's perspective. Cause it's like, you know, like everybody's I, I've done this now as a scout for a decade. Like you've coached in it. Everybody knows how damn long these tournament days can get. And when it's 10 U baseball and it's hit or miss, if you're actually just going to wear every pitch cause the kid can't catch, um, 
the old, like, it was like eight after three or some shit. Like, 15 after two, eight after three, f- five after four. Some ridiculous mercy rule thing that was to, that was to keep, to keep games going. So we'd, we'd, we'd rip through six or seven, 10 U games in like, you know, 12 hours, like no problem, baby, because we'd have 40 minute games. It was fantastic. Um, but yeah, that's my memory of the super NIT in Canton and, and Liberty park or whatever that no longer has baseball fields or something. Uh, it, where's that Sterling Heights or something? You know what I'm talking about? Oh my about? goodness. Oh dude, that was, I was talking about this, but I don't, it must've been last year, but I was talking about how that park wasn't there anymore. And like kids don't get how that was a Mecca, like in Michigan. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I mean they, they hosted like national teams. Like that wasn't just not like to the degree that they're like a WWBA or anything by any means, but like it's, right. it was still like they brought in a lot of teams from a lot of different places. And you couldn't really say that about Michigan. Otherwise, besides, you know, softball city and Canton had the, the world series uh, once a year. And that was a bigger yep. one. Right. But like outside of that, like those two were your, were your mainstays really. And uh, Liberty was huge. There was just so many parks. There were so many fields like all over. And then they had that, my best memory of it and the same thing with softball city was the two big restaurants they each had. I don't know. Softball yeah. city, I think is still like fully functional as far as I know, but I might be wrong on that. But the two restaurants that each of those parks had, I mean, I spent more time in those two restaurants growing up probably than like any other restaurant. Honestly, like I, I know that there was, there's always like the popular chains that everyone goes to in your local towns and all that. I bet you, I spent as much time in those two restaurants as I did anywhere between the ages of like 10 and 13 because uh, you played there like you were playing at those two those two um, parks specifically like two times a year at least sometimes more depending on you know your schedule and how old you were yada yada but those two restaurants man those were the, the burgers at the one in uh at liberty yeah dude i know man like I, it was like that was the i have so many of my firsts like oh yeah oh yeah in the and the, the first time i threw out a parent uh, the first time i threw out a coach <laughs> Um, the first time I threw out a player, uh, those were all at, at those, <laughs> dude, I remember, how about this one? How about this one? Here you go. The Canton, the, I don't know the name of the facility. It's the, the Canton facility is all I knew it as, you know, with the dozens and dozens of fields or whatever. I was sitting in my car delaying the start of a game. Cause I was the plate umpire listening to Justin Verlander finish off his second no hitter in 2011 or whatever that was like we full-on started that game 10 minutes late because i was like sorry guys i wasn't missing that i will tell you like i from your perspective like umpiring at liberty park mine being a player is actually kind of like funny because yeah, it just speaks to had, how much older i am well i didn't want to say it but <laughs> i figured it went without i figured it went without saying but it's okay to point it out <laughs> i uh like but as a player like my memories there are i was thinking about it as i said it like you used to be able to go and you probably relate to this too. You used to be able to go around to all of those fields, like those 16 to 20 fields. And you would either know which team was playing or one of the teams that was playing, or you would have quote unquote, like heard of them and you heard about how good they were or yada, yada. So as a kid, like you would get your little group that you were in within your team, whether it was your whole team or just part of your team. But my experience was always like four kids and you just walk around to different fields and watch different teams. Or maybe there was a certain team you wanted to watch. And kids these days know that like, if you're in a bracket race, like, you know, you go watch the team you're going to play and all that. Liberty was like similar again, not to the degree, but like a similar concept to Lake point where every team in the tournament played at the same spot and all of the games were at the same park. So if you were in from out of town or if you were just, you know, if you had an early game and a later game, which was far more occurring then than now, 
or at least at a younger age, uh, you know, you would you would watch all the games in between. Like that was to me, that was like one of my best memories was like hanging out with your teammates and watching that stuff, because that's when you went to the restaurant. That's when you went to the little stands that sold the fightings and everything. And, you know, that's when you made friends with other teams and blah, blah, blah. And so that was it was a blast. It was a blast. I loved it. And sad that it's gone because it's a it was awesome. And now you can see me at East Cobb most of the summer uh, with probably probably with an annoyed expression <laughs> <laughs> and you can and you can find me at wherever the hell the D-backs are going each weekend because I don't even know myself I I've lost track at this point but I'm just going to text Bernie at the end of beginning of each week what airport what time let me know like I'll be there like <laughs> I don't even I know we're going to Georgia tw- George twice and Hoover and Cincy and um, geez, Indy, and I think that's it for like out of <laughs> it, you know, for out of state. But you, you say like I know you're everywhere around the sun between spring and, and all the way through summer. But I think we're gonna run into each other at least once or twice, right? Probably Hoover and WWBA. Maybe I don't know if you go to those things anymore with your promotion and all that. But oh yeah, no, that'll I'll never not go to. I like, figured you'd be there. I just I don't generally know. speaking, you can like count on with my summer, like 17U and 16U elite in Hoover, 17U and 16U WWBA in Georgia and PG national, like those five, almost a guarantee I'll be at every year. Um, the other, the other parts are like kind of fill in the blank, depending on like, I'm going to do some 18U stuff this summer. Cause there's so long between the draft and, uh, uh, the end of the high school season that I think 18U baseball is actually going to kind of come back a little bit this year, uh, which will be cool. And then there's, you know, any number of showcases. But, yeah, I'd expect I'll, we can hang out at some point, hang out with your boys in the Hoover or, or whatever, Atlanta. Yeah, we'll run into each other. Maybe like a CWB live special. Who knows? Yeah, we should, do, we should do a live show. We could have McKay tape it. <laughs> He's a... <laughs> Yeah, he would find a way to be good at that too. You know, he was good co-host twice now. Well, good guest, good co-host. Next thing you know, he'll be our video guy. Who knows? Hit another bomb today, man. Don't let him get hot. I know, man. He's he that pops coming alive here late. I mean, it's always there, but he's what is that three in like the past couple of weeks? He's hit. So yeah, yeah, it's coming on. Yeah, and he's a playoff player. Like it's not like he had. First of all, it's not. We're saying that as if he. Had, it sounds like he was in a slump. He was never in a slump. He just wasn't hitting like home runs every other day, like some of them are sometimes, right? So, but you know, he, he's famously known for the at bat last last year against Rice in, in the final. So I'm sure we'll we'll see some sort of mini heroics here soon. But with St. Mary's on our mind, and with us getting to that point, it's funny because none of that was really planned. That was just completely candid dialogue that we had for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. Uh, now we're going to move on to Super 25. It was an exciting week again, as it always is. Uh, we've got some movement. We've got some new teams, uh, some new areas. And I mean, again, like we always talk about this, Brian. We learn so much when we do like this little Super 25 uh, rewind and just kind of look at the week and figure out who. And we're finding a rhythm with the rankings when we talk about who we're going to rank where, because last year we were kind of like, okay, I, you had a ton of experience ranking things. So you, you had like some rhythm there. Me, not so much. This year, we're like, we just had this conversation before we started recording the show about, oh, well, this team beat that team. We're ranking them that high. So we, you know, so we're starting to like understand what as rankers, quote unquote, what we value and how it, you know, pertains to the, to the, the rankings and all that. And, 
in my opinion, I think we did a completely fair job. Like we, we look at everything and it's like, okay, if this team beat that team or competed with that team, then, you know, there's no reason that they should be lower or higher or whatever. There's all kinds of those situations. We'll go over when we get into the uh, Super 25. But with all of that being said, how are we going to roll this thing out, Brian? Yeah, man. It's, I think we're at the point now where like, I don't know if we're going to have any more like surprises, like out of nowhere, we put a team, you know, 10th that wasn't on the list or whatever. Like this week, I think it's probably the last week where we see something crazy like that. Um, you know, like it, things can change. Obviously you go on a deep postseason run, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Even if you didn't have a great regular season, but I think we kind of have an idea of who everybody is at this point. You know what I mean? Um, so, I mean, let's last week we didn't, we didn't have a show, but if you saw on social media, when we put out the super 25 last week, there were actually 31 teams. We had a tie for 25th and then the five also considered. So it was 31 instead of the usual 30. And we did the same thing this week just because, and honestly, man, like, I don't know about you, but just looking, I think we could have probably gotten to like 40 and felt pretty comfortable. Um, I mean, yeah, we just kept talking about teams. We're like, well, what about this team? What about this? There were so many teams that like have like are deserving of, of being at least like mentioned, you know, and like, it's just a, it's a difficult task every time we, we sit down to do this, but without further ado, um, I'll start us out with our also considered. Again, there's five of them this week. Um, Detroit country day leads us off. Uh, we have Freeland in here as well. And the also considered, um, they are, Eight and four in the last couple of weeks, still rolling well, but still four losses in the last two weeks. Something to, to monitor there. I actually was in Freeland, America for the first time in my life this past week to watch them split with Garber. Um, those are two good teams. Like and like, hey, I'm not that's not even like a it's just Freeland's like I don't No, I choked in my water. That's I, I lived in, in Mount Pleasant a bunch. Like, you know, I've been to mid Michigan. I was in the middle of a sip. Mid-sip, yeah. <laughs> mid-sip, and you dropped the Freeland America line out. Freeland America, baby. Yeah, it, just, it, it was cool, man. I love small-town baseball like that. Um, but that, it's a good team. I, I think Garber's a good team, too. That's another team that, uh, y- you know, I, it, you'll see here, and they also considered, so I'll get to them in a second. But uh, two really good teams in a part of Michigan that has really good baseball in, in that general Bay City kind of Saginaw-ish area up there. Um, anyways, yeah, Monroe in the also considered as well. Kenowa Hills stays in the also considered this week. That's a team that absolutely deserves to be ranked. They're 21 and two. Like, what are we talking about? But again, just like split with Mona Shores, who you'll see further up this list. Um, just there's a lot, there's a lot of teams who deserve to be ranked. Uh, and then Essexville Garber, as we know, they hadn't been ranked yet. Uh, that's their first spot of the year being in, in the rankings technically. So, so yeah, country day, Freeland, Monroe, Kennewa Hills and Essexville Garber. All right. So with that, we'll move to, uh, the 25 through 21. As Brian mentioned, we do have two teams tied at 25 and we'll start there. Newcomer Sheboygan joins the show. Uh, welcome to the Super 25. They are tied for 25th. Uh, Sheboygan is one of those teams that we heard about throughout the week. Uh, went through, saw some scores. They're 20 and one and one. They just beat Frankenmuth 12 to two. That's one that kind of like stood out to us. And then you looked further and you're like, holy crap, this team's 20 and one. Uh, so they're in at 25. Tied with them is another newcomer in New Lothrop. Uh, we know that New Lothrop has a good team, but at 22 and one, or, uh, I mixed that up, didn't I? Frankenmuth was beaten by New Lothrop. (laughs) 
And yeah. New Lothrop's yes. only loss, and New Lothrop's only loss is to Goodrich. Uh, and the Goodrich loss is five to four. We have Goodrich high, which you'll hear soon. Uh, Goodrich hasn't lost yet. So it was only right that new Lothrop gets this ranking uh, here at 25 tie with Sheboygan. So just to rewrap that, because the Google sheet messed with my brain. Uh, okay. Sheboygan, okay. Sheboygan is 20 and one. That is not that is not wrong. And new Lothrop is 22 and one uh, with that only loss to Goodrich. So uh, those two at 25 at 24 Royal Oak Shrine bumps up a spot 23 last week uh, or this week after having a perfect week again at 23 we've got a drop here a team that we started at number two this year but has just seen a little bit of a struggle here struggle here over these past couple of weeks dropping some games that we just wouldn't expect them to drop to some unranked teams Uh, and that's Liggett Liggett drops down to 23 the record is at uh where are we at here 14 and 9 split with CC split with U of D this week at 22 we've got Traverse City Central Traverse City Central had some impressive wins this week Brian who are they over again they beat Grand Blank and previously undefeated Forest Hills Eastern just uh, both like today, like literally both of those games were today. They lost the other day, too. But uh, yeah, today, two big wins had to put them in somewhere. And I believe that is the home of Josh Klug, if I'm not mistaken. To I think you're right. To my Traverse Cities again, like I did last I year. It's right. a callback to all the loyal fans out there. Uh, we will not inform the new ones of what that reference is to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then at 21, we have Plymouth. Uh, Plymouth had an, a week where they won some games, lost some games, uh, lost to Woodhaven, and then split with Heartland and also split with Brighton. Uh, so not the best week, and they dropped from tw- uh, 14 to 21. So to recap, 25, Sheboygan and New Lothrop, 24, Royal Oak Shrine. 23 Liggett, 22 Traverse City Central, 21 Plymouth. And I will hand it off to 20 for 20 to Brian. Um, all right. Number 20, starting with a riser, West Bloomfield. They're 22 and 6. They're up three spots. Congratulations to Coach Bernberg, obviously, friend of the program there. They're having a great season. Um, although I again, I don't know if I've brought this up. I don't I don't have them memorized, but I'm pretty sure West Bloomfield and St. Mary's are in the same district draw. But uh, so that doesn't take away from anything, but like, you know, something to keep an eye on. Um, Number 19, Rochester Adams. We have them down one spot this week. Uh, They lost a game to Notre Dame Prep, who is a solid club, swept Stony Creek. Uh, They're at 22 and five overall. Number 18 is Woodhaven. We have them down a couple of spots. Uh, They're at 19 and seven. They're playing right as we speak. They have a doubleheader against uh, Eisenhower. Is that right? Brandon? Yes. Yep. Yep. They're in the second leg of the against Ike. Yep. And they lost game one, three to one. They're playing game two right now. We weren't going to wait until that was over to record. Whatever. Woodhaven down a handful of spots this week. Uh, lost Allen Park earlier in the week as well. Um, number 17, Portage Northern. They stayed the same as what they were last week. Um, had a good week. Beat Lakeview, beat Gull Lake a couple times. Their only loss was a walk-off to Northville on a wild play. Did you see the video of that, man? Yeah, a two, wild A two-run wild pitch with two an error involved. Pitch. Yeah, it, we got a... Not great, Bob. We got a... We got to limit that to one. Yeah. We got to hold that to one. Cut the losses. Um, and number 16 is Homer. And for the life of me, <laughs> hear, hear my embattled cry. The Loch Ness or whatever you call <laughs> could, it. Could someone from a Homer update something online <laughs> so that we could see? Because, man, dude, I swear I, I'm out of options as far as where to look. The Twitter doesn't do it. They don't use Game Changer. The the, whole, the only Homer thing on Game Changer is like a Little League team from like nine years ago. Um, <laughs> Great team, though. 
they have they've they've kind of updated the MHSAA site. They had hasn't been eight zero, but I know that's wrong because last week on the MHSBCA poll they're thirteen and one or whatever it is, and we have them at I have no earthly clue. So we're gonna keep Homer at sixteen because at the very least I think they're thirteen and one. I'm sure we'll find out on Tuesday how this week has gone for them. And with that being said, <laughs> anyways, anyways, I'm gonna kick it back over to Brandon. <laughs> that was one of the funniest. Oh man! All right, yeah, Homer. Let's go. <laughs> Let's get this thing going. All right. At 15, we've got a newcomer. This is a, a probably our biggest riser, I think, of the week. Uh, and that's Mona Shores. I think they've had a pretty undeniable season so far. Uh, they're 23 and four. They split with Kanoa Hills uh, and beat Mus- <laughs> They had a game this week against Muskegon. They won 31 to nothing. Now, that's not something that like we're like, well, well they won 31. That, again, that's just kind of a fun fact. A little bullet point for you guys. Uh, but they're 23 and four. They've got a lot of good wins. There's really only, they've uh, only really got one quote unquote bad loss. It was a five run loss to Granville. Also lost to them by one. But other than that, all close losses. The record's undeniable. Uh, Paiseki, the shortstop at Mona Shores, is a stud. Uh, and then we got a uh, 14 here. We've got Hudsonville. They dropped a couple spots. They lost one to uh, Caledonia. Almost completely butchered that. Uh, at 13, we've got Buchanan. They dropped down from 11. They are 14 and three. Lost the second leg of a doubleheader to Mishawaka this week. Split with them. Uh, at 12, we've got a huge riser. This is actually well. No, I still think Mona Shores would be because technically they weren't also considered last week. But Livonia Franklin makes the jump from AC to number 12 at 24 and three. They swept Fordson this week. They swept Stevenson this week. They ran through Lincoln Park and they ran through Ann Arbor Pioneer. A lot of quality wins in one week, not to mention that adds on to what is now a 24 and three record uh, for Franklin. That's a team really to, like, to watch out for. Like That's a good team. That's a good program year by year for the most part, uh, and, and they're red hot right now. At 11, Northville, who previously had this meteoric rise, and then they had a little bit of a catastrophic drop in the rankings, uh, not out of them, but dropping from top five to 19. Uh, and now they're back up to 11 after a pretty solid week. They're at 22-5-1 and five and one overall. They beat Portage Northern. They beat Brighton twice, and they beat Salem twice. Uh, we just mentioned the Portage Northern ending, so we won't run over that again. Uh, but Northville continues to ascend uh, based on what we had expected out of them before the year. Dante Nori uh, continues to have a good season for them, among others. So that wraps up your 15 to 11. And that brings us into the top 10. Yeah, Northville definitely like that's that's the most bipolar rankings we had because it was like <laughs> off the off the board to like three to like 19 to 11. So so shouts out to, to Northville for allowing us to ping pong you all around the rankings. But hey, still, that's a really good team. Like no one's denying that. Um, and also speaking of we got some Catholic school. I don't know what the standings are or and how it plays out in the lower divisions, but I know that. Um, in the upper division, the, the playoffs are set in the Catholic League. It's St. Mary's is one, um, Rice is two, Liggett's three, and Catholic Central is four. So it'll be St. Mary's versus CC and Rice versus Liggett at Comerica. And I know we saw that friend of the program, Mike Rice, Cardinal Mooney, uh, is also on their way to Comerica. I don't know who else has made it. I assume Shrine is, is involved down there somewhere. Um, but anyways, moving on. Uh, top 10. Top 10. Richmond. 
Richmond stays strong at number 10. This is the same spot from last week. They are 17 and five. Uh, number nine is Brother Rice. They are down a handful of spots. They're 19 and eight overall. They lost two more games to St. Mary's this week. Um, let's see. To do, do, do number eight is Lake Orion. They are up one spot. They swept Ford this week. They're 23 and four overall. Uh, so Lake Orion there at number eight. Number seven is Howell. This is down a couple spots for them, just a few. They are 24, four and one. Uh, they lost a game to Ypsilanti Lincoln, if I'm reading that right, Brandon. Yeah. Talk about them. Yeah, I've been hearing. So this week we heard a lot about Ypsilanti Lincoln uh, from from multiple people, but uh, they had a tournament against Riverview. Well, in the tournament was uh, was Riverview, Ypsilanti Lincoln, uh, Bay City John Glenn, and Howell. And Bay City John Glenn played Lincoln in the opening uh, game, and Lincoln won that one. And then Howell beat Riverview, and then Howell and Lincoln played in the championship, and Lincoln beat Howell ten to seven. Uh, so that's a team that from what I've been told is a really athletic team, a good team that's fielding a lot of good players all around that just started slow and is catching is catching heat, uh, right now, hard to rank them because they're 500, but they are certainly trending upwards and are a team to watch out for, for a deep playoff run. All right. Shouts out Ipsy Lincoln. Um, Yes, that was Howell number seven. Number six is Rockford. They are up one spot this week, knocking on the door of the top five. Rockford is 22 and two and looks like um, given that Forest Hills Eastern is D2, I believe technically uh, Rockford, the best team on the west side of the state in D1, at least is how it looks right now. Yeah, as it looks right now. And we know those west side teams, we learn a lot about them come playoff time. Right. Like we we kind of like watch them from afar and then the playoffs come. They start matching up with these side teams uh, as it gets deeper. Uh, and that's when you learn a lot about how competitive this state is, not just in the, in this area, but a, as a whole. So uh, moving into the top five at number five. Welcome to the top five. Goodrich, who stays undefeated. Well, did they do they this? They sure did. They did. They did. Goodrich is undefeated. Yep. So still no L's for Goodrich. Uh, again, we mentioned that new Lothrop made the rankings this week with their record uh with the lone loss being Goodrich. I was going to make sure I wanted to That was definitely part of the motivation. So 100%. Uh, and at number 4, we've got Four Hills Eastern who lost to Traverse City Central so suffered their first loss, but they are still 26 and 1. They're clearly one of the better teams in the state. Uh and at number 4, comfortably. And then at number 3, we've got Huron. And I tell you what, Huron so the next three teams have just been consistent. There just really hasn't been much wavering out of these next three teams. Well, literally zero out of one of them. Uh, but there's hasn't been much wavering out of these next two teams either. Uh, Huron is still in. They're at 18 and two right now. They haven't lost a game in like a long time since, well, April 30th. A couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. But before that, I mean, they had the first loss the first week of the season. This team is like, they've, they've gone on two really lengthy winning streaks. We mentioned their, their two arms, Luke Cole and Gavin Muzzy being dominant guys who in the playoffs can can carry you literally uh so i huron's just one of those teams where i remember and this isn't like a oh we were right type of thing but i remember after the first couple of weeks people were like oh well huron's four and two like why are they ranked and we're like because they're a good team (laughs) Mm -hmm. and like we we know how good this team is going to be long term so we're not gonna jerk react out of like six games you know and like we I don't even know if we like went to the lengths of explaining that, but like, here we are, here we are. They're 18 and two. So 
uh, and we're nearing playoffs in a week and a half left. So at number three, Huron. Number two, Grand Blank, uh, as we mentioned, took that loss to Traverse City Central. We mentioned them twice here uh, in the top five, and that's why Traverse City Central has risen as much as they have. Uh, but Grand Blank still still a defending D1 state champ, still 20-4, and four, uh, still loaded with their roster, beating good teams, a, a really high strength of schedule, Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and then at number one, 30 and 0, Orchard Lake St. Mary's continues to be undeniable. And I guess they've shown a little bit of humanity. Like there's been some teams that have competed. It, it has not been like mercy, 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 mercy. It's been like close game and then we're going to mercy him type of deal. <laughs> right. So, uh, but still 30 and 0, they're playing, as Brian mentioned, playing in the Catholic League uh, final at the at Comerica. And, you know, this team. Everything's right. Everything has been right in front of them since game one. But you go through that regular season and you think about their season last year uh, where they had the one loss of Celine by one run. That happened not early in the year, but it was like kind of like halfway. Right in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah like right, right in the middle. So right in the middle. So like they've gotten through 30 of these bad boys without a loss. And mm-hmm. they are like, if I had to guess a number, this is not correct, but they're probably like 10 to 12 away. From this being a perfect year with a with a ring at the yeah. end of it all, I think you know, Matt likes to play the max. And I, last year we played forty four, so I'd imagine that um, fourteen is the most they have left. Maybe if I had to guess, yeah. And you've already gone through thirty of them. Like that's so. This team is again. I know. Okay, there's like two. I'm not. I'm not going to go into that. I was going to say that there's there's kind of like two forms of Michigan baseball fans right now. It's the ones who are like, oh well, St. Mary's is just so good, and there's ones like St. Mary's is great. This is fun. Like so, I'm on <laughs> like I'm on like the this is fun side, uh, and obviously, and uh, you know this this is fun. Like they have a chance to make like some pretty nuts history right now, right? Like they they could go undefeated and all of that. And I know that you know that's not like their motivation game by game, but uh, or maybe it is. I don't know. But either way, it's just. The history's right in front of them, and, that, and we're like all witnessing it, and I think that's pretty awesome. Like, I'm not going to sit here and act like I am like sitting with a foam finger on the couch and watching them play, but I, I it's pretty awesome if you ask me. So that all that being said, they're number one. So hope you like that. <laughs> they are. I don't know this for sure. I'm, I'm maybe off one or two, but I believe that their winning streak is now at 52. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> which the state record is 78. So even if they go undefeated this year, they won't hit the record this year for most games won in a row. Um, then what is it? It's been like over 1100 days since they lost a Catholic league game. Like the last time they lost a Catholic league game was the first half of the season in 2019. Um, 20 and 0 or 22 and 0 last year, 20 and 0 now this year. Uh, that's pretty good. Um, in what I consider to be the best, the best league in the state. <laughs> it's not bad, coach. It's not bad. <laughs> so it's just uh, they're they're clicking. They're running. They're running on high all cylinders. Uh, just today, um, I was texting you. There was an interesting little. You know, the, the pitching has been the offense gets the publicity at St. Mary's right now. All the guys hit home runs. All these draft guys, et cetera. Like maybe with the exception of Porter, but the pitching has been unbelievable. Even outside of Porter, they'd given up like 30 runs coming into today or some something on the season, like 32 runs. Um, and then today in the second game against De La Salle, like they went up three, nothing De La Salle tied it up. I think Amir Mitchell hit like a three run tank. And then 
St. Mary's went up six to three and De La Salle had, I think Rhett Roser hit like a two run tank and it's six to five. And all of a sudden, like, all right, here's one of St. Mary's starters getting, getting rocked a little bit. Like, uh Oh, here's something that we haven't encountered yet. All right. Well, St. Mary's then won 15 to five. So I just, it's like, if one thing doesn't work, that's okay. Cause the other thing is, and like, it's, um, they're a juggernaut and they're focused and that I'm not, I would never under any circumstances guarantee anything. It's just they look they look unbeatable right now. I certainly agree. It would be it would have to be a really windy day <laughs> again <laughs> where, <laughs> where everything just gets like trapped for me to even consider it. I mean, again, like someone get Liam Yelsma on the phone. Yeah, right. Like an instant, tra- <laughs> like a one, one day only contract, like with the school, just ran like a little celebrity spot pitch type of deal. Here he comes. <laughs> it's the perfect name yeah. for like the one guy to like the one guy to beat that team. That's the perfect name. Like I just, dude, think I love of- that was, I love that. That was one of my favorite things we did last year. Like that dude beat St. Mary's and we immediately had him on the show. Like have to get that guy in the show. And like, it's no secret that like we've had good interviews and we've had not so great interviews. And like, that's just like par for the course when you're dealing with teenagers having to talk in a public forum. And like, he was one of the best ones. And and it was like so cool that one of the best ones ended up being the guy who beat St. Mary's in that like historic year. Right. And so it's two year. I mean, think about it. That kid, (laughs) that kid can go to bed every night. Like, yeah. I'm probably I, I am one of the one I am one of I'm the only one out of six sixty teams that have like yeah. beaten St. Mary's in the past two years. Like he can go to bed every night with that on his shoulders. Now nah, I'm sure he he doesn't, but I mean like that's that's something. The team that's seventy three and one since the start of twenty twenty one. Like you're the one, pal. Like like Liam, yeah, you're Liam the one, yells, bro. Liam yells my pours his pours his Wheaties and says like I'm the one. Like <laughs> you mean Wheaties pour their Liam Yelsmas. Yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> Jesus. Christ. All right. Anyways, let's recap the Super Twenty Five and get you get you over to our interview with uh, with Brady Birchmeyer. Um, anyways, number one, Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Number two, Grand Blank. Number three, New Boston Huron. Four, Forest Hills Eastern. Goodrich at five. Rockford at six. Howell at seven. Lake Orion at eight. Brother Rice at nine. And Richmond at ten, rounding out the top ten. Um, 11 through 15, Northville, Livonia, Franklin, Buchanan, Hudsonville, and Mona Shores. 16 through 20, Homer, Portage Northern, and again, Homer, literally just one of the things would be great. Uh, Portage Northern at 17, 18, Woodhaven, 19, Rochester Adams, 20, West Bloomfield. Like, I'm just, I'm not trying to be a dick. Like, just one. You don't have to do all of them. Like, just one. Um, number 21, Plymouth, 22, Traverse City Central, 23, Liggett, 24, Royal Oak Shrine, and a tie at 25 again this week between New Lothian. And Sheboygan. And he also considers Detroit Country Day, Freeland, Monroe, Kennewa Hills, and Essexville Garber. Brandon, let's take him into the interview interview with the uh, the new Lothrop Masher, shall we? Yes, we shall. On the other side of this, we've got a great conversation with Bowling Green commits uh Brady Birchmeyer, Big Bat. You're about to hear all about him on the other side. Woo! Welcome into this week's interview segment on Cold Weather Bats. This week, we are joined by senior... um, I'm not even going to use the position. I'll let Brady tell us what position he plays. Brady Birchmeyer, senior right-handed bat from New Lothrop, one of the premier home run threats in the state. Uh, Brady plays all over the ball, all over the diamond. Uh, we'll, we'll hear from him on what he's best at here shortly. Committed to Bowling Green, like we said, New Lothrop High School. Uh, Brady, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for joining us. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. So yeah, let's let's take us into that. What is your best position? What do you feel most comfortable playing? What are you going to play at Bowling Green? Uh, most comfortable is probably third, but at Bowling Green, I'll be third and first. But high school, it's wherever the coach needs me. Short sometimes, you know, pitching a lot, but I can also get behind the dish. But we have some younger guys that step up and do that, so. That's nice. Yeah, no doubt. Do you, uh, obviously a big part of your game is built around the offense. You're the guy who's got to hit in the middle of the order, hit the ball in the gaps, hit the ball out of the ballpark, drive in runs. That's what you're built on, right? Right. So what is, uh, I, I guess, take us through the uh, the process for you as a hitter. We talked to lots of guys on the show. Um, they take us through what their approach is on the mound. They take us through what their approach is in the box. What are you looking to do up there specifically? Like, what's the, the last thing that goes through your mind before you pull the string? Uh, I think it's just getting a pitch I know I can do damage with, especially early in the count. Uh, before I got two strikes on me, I'm looking middle in to drive a ball. And then if I do happen to get two strikes on me, I widen out my stance quite a bit and push my hands back and I already, I'm already ready to load. So that just helps me get my strikeout numbers down. So that's pretty much how I take the mentality up to the box. Talk about mentality in game, walking up to the box and all of that. Take us to your pregame. Do you have a routine that you do you know, every game and you don't have to dive into it if you're not comfortable sharing it, but uh, talk a little bit about your, your routine, not just in pregame, but also in practice and uh, how you've built yourself to this hitting profile that you have now. Right. Um, I'm not a big guy on hitting a ton of baseballs during season. I'm more of an off-season guy working on my swing down and then in season it's just getting those daily reps I need. And before game, it's, there's not really much to it. Just get some key work in, get some BP and then go out there and do the image. So take us through, uh, Brandon and I are both Metro Detroit guys. Um, take us through a little bit of the, the baseball landscape up there near, near where you are in new Lothrop, obviously a, a more of a Flint area than Metro Detroit, uh, than anything. But, uh, we, we know grand blank was really good last year. Like we, we've talked to David Lally. We we've gotten that kind of vibe from the grand blank side. So what is it for new Lothrop? Like who's the big rivalries up that way? Like who do you get most up to play against? Like that sort of thing. For sure. Uh, I would probably say Justin because they have a Northwood commit who's on my travel team and he's up to upper 80s now. So that's the last two or three years that's been our main goal, especially during our league. So it's a big one for us if we can beat them. This past off season was a big one for you. Most kids are, you know, not all juniors are committed going into their senior year. This year, knowing you were committed, probably more so focused on your game this off season rather than so much focused on what you were going to do at the next level. So talk a little bit about uh, what you were trying to improve this year, like maybe a weakness from last year you were trying to turn into a strength, uh, how you applied that and what kind of results you've been seeing so far through the season. I would say working on hitting the outside pitch because I haven't been seeing a lot of good pitches to hit. So in the off season, there's a lot of T drills. Uh, one of my main struggles last summer was the high and outside pitch. I was still a strike, but I was struggling to hit that. So there's a lot of T work right in that area and having my dad or whoever someone beat to, BP to me work right there. So I wouldn't have that hole in my swing. Looking forward to, uh, to towards through the end of this season and into the summer. Uh, what are you planning on doing throughout the summer to prepare yourself for fall ball in college, which is regardless of where you go, a different world than what anything, what you're used to for sure. Uh, I'm going to be playing with uh, USA Prime again with uh, Coach Ruby. And we're playing in mostly higher-class tournaments. Um, 
almost every kid on our team's committed. So he wants to put us out there against that hard competition right before we jump into college. So I think that'll be good again this summer. At what point during your youth career did you, because I know you're from a small town um, and all of that. So at what point during your youth career did you kind of take that leap in travel ball to start playing at a much higher level? Uh, and then from there, just to kind of talk about your travel ball experience and how it helped get you to Bowling Green. I started playing just regularly uh, New Ulster Travel Baseball, and that was from when I was six to eight. And then when I was eight, uh, Tim Dallas from the Hit Dogs called me. So I played for them from nine to 15U, and then it was been with Cash Connect slash USA Prime. Now, and I've got to play in all different kinds of states and see all different kind of, kind of competitions. So that's really helped me with my game and two summers ago is when I really went off and I got the future game invite and that's how I got, ended up getting my offer from Bowling Green and eventually committing and signing. Take us through that decision. What was it about Bowling Green that, that made it the right fit for you? Is it uh, like, are, are, is there something academic there you're especially excited about? Was it just the feel of the coaching staff and then the program in general? Like what about BGSU did it for you? So they uh, have a really nice, new uh, business building, great business program. And that's what I'll be going into. And then coach Halleck, coach G, coach Rem, they, they're all young guys. So I think I connect a lot better with them and they have always been good throughout this process. And they're, when I, I've been to the campus probably five or six times now and it's right off the highway, but if you go two minutes outside there, it's all farmland. So it, it felt like second home. Cause where I'm from, it's, cornfields everywhere talk a little bit about where you're from and kind of what that means to you and do you carry that i guess identity onto the field like is, is it a little bit personal for you uh being where you're from and going to the places that you're going with baseball and that you have been with baseball right it's definitely a cool thing because there's only 63 kids i think in my graduating class and only a little less than 300 in the whole high school so it's it's something special we've had a couple of players in the past five years go to play uh, D2, D2 baseball. And some two of them are returning uh, coaches for us. So they help out a lot. But it's just really special to me being a part of the small town and uh, doing good stuff for them. So I'm excited for that where, t- where that takes me. Brady, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, I promised we'd be nice to you before the, the recording, but I re- I'm going to put you on the spot here. You get to pick of any other high school baseball players in the state of Michigan, you get to pick your hitting four hole. Who's hitting three hole right in front of you? Oh, Nolan, any day of the week. Nolan Schubart? Yep. Uh, you guys go way back, right? <laughs> yeah, he's, his house is only about 15, 20 minutes away from me. So. <laughs> These rural Flint guys, Durand and New Lothrop, and I, I was just up there uh, – Last weekend, hanging out with you guys at Mount Morris, that was cool to see. But uh, all right, Nolan Schubart, okay, I see it. He, yeah, he's probably going to add a little bit of protection to that lineup for you. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think he's the worst power bat to add next to another power bat. But while we're on the subject of power bats, was there anyone that when you were growing up you kind of looked up to, or maybe even now that you look up to as a hitter and kind of model yourself after, or have you just become this basher naturally? Oh, it's got to be Miggy. I mean, you're looking at what he what he did and what he's still doing, getting 2,000 hits and over 500 home runs. That was someone who I always watched and kind of try to do what he does in the batter's box. And so I think definitely him. 
All right, I got one last question for you, Brady, and then we'll we'll, we'll get you out of here to do your homework or whatever seniors do in early May, right? Lots of homework. Um, <laughs> I'm going to take you back to putting you on the spot. Who's one pitcher in the state of Michigan that you're dying to take yard? Uh, it's got to be either Lally or Brock. You might add more, Jake Morrison into that. Um, I faced Lally one time, uh, Morrison. I don't think I've ever faced him, but he, I mean, he's only 15 minutes away from me. And then Brock, I've known him for five years now and we faced each other two times, uh, over quarantine. We had a little, uh, live at bat thing in Flint and, uh, he hit me both times. So never really got <laughs> to get a good swing out there, but. Oh man, nothing like 97 to wake you up out of quarantine. <laughs> Uh, well, all right, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, once again, folks, this is new Lothrop basher, Brady Birchmeyer. He's headed to Bowling Green. He's one of the best power bats in the state, one of the best players in the state in our great state of Michigan. Brady, once again, man, really thanks uh, for hanging out with us. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Welcome back. You're here with Brandon and Brian as we close down the show. Uh, a great interview with Mr. Birchmeyer, as expected. Uh, these dudes who mash, like you know that those are the guys I'd like to have on the show. Pitchers are all well and good, but this is an offensive podcast, in my opinion. <laughs> this is uh, this is true. We we appreciate bombs. We appreciate bombs. And Brady Birchmeyer hits bombs. Uh, Lou Lothrop, obviously, you know, 22-1 and one or whatever they are in the Super 25 this week. He's a big part of that. We're just great to talk to him. Yeah, and it is called cold weather bats. You know, like we, like that's not by accident. Like it's cold weather bats. Bats, bro. Bats. Yeah. No offense to the arms, but cold weather arms just doesn't roll off the tongue like cold weather bats. So I think next year we're going to see just a switch because, like, this year, obviously the class of 2022 is very, very strong in the state. There's a lot of draft types of players this year in high school baseball in Michigan. And but, you know, the the first guys people think of usually are like Porter and Lally. You know, like those are two arms. Okay, great. Next year, though, the top of the class in the state looks like it's going to be bats and a lot yeah. of them. Um, yeah, no and there's some 23 arms that are really good, like Titsworth's been really good, and White Navarro's been really good. And there's others, you know, I'm not I, not taking anything away from them, but like Right now, looks like it's going to be the bats in 23. And I'm especially excited about that because, again, I'd like to reiterate, this is a this is an offensive-minded show, folks. Yeah, you got to think about, like, those 2023 bats, you know. Uh, oh, McKay, who we always mention, and Oliver has been, as far as I know, has been really, you know, taking an ascension here at, at St. Mary's with his uh, game overall. Uh, and then you think about, gosh, who else? Purify. Evan Hager, Blake Grimmer. Yeah. Oh gosh, how did I forget? Well, Grimmer's been. We got to get Grimmer on the show. I'd love to hear his story because if nobody knows, like I, I don't know the details of this, and we don't even have to go into it. Uh, I just know that he didn't play for freshman sophomore year. I think it was like injury related and yada yada yada, whatever. Uh, but I would love to have him on the show because, like, what a season! I, I don't know his numbers exactly, but mm-hmm. like he's hit he's hit like a, a considerable amount of home runs, and he's been like plug and play for St. Mary's from game one. And like, that's not a surprise if you knew the kind of player that he was, but to the people who like didn't or don't pay close attention to, you know, that, that's that situation. Uh, and didn't know that like who he was when he came into St. Mary's this year, like it's just, it would be an interesting story to tell because he's, he's really like elevated their lineup 
in a, in a way because he he they basically like added another I, this I was gonna say another D one bat but like he's not just a D one bat like he's like yeah he's got like he, a pro I mean, bat like right is that am I wrong about that I don't know this yeah is your they're they're two totally different players but if you're just talking about like straight up production for production like he came in and like I you know. St. Mary's lost Alex Mooney, you know, one of the best players in the in state history, and the Grimmers just kind of stepped in and replaced his numbers. Like, no problem. You know what I mean? Like I, he's hitting 430 with eight doubles and seven pumps or whatever it is. Like some, pretty pretty much what Mooney did last year. You know, um, like it's not. I, it's totally different players, different profiles, different positions, different the whole deal. But it, just in terms of like a one for one swap, like yeah. Um, and it's, it is an interesting story that I don't know every detail on, you know, like I know his dad, Len quite a bit and I know Blake and, and, um, the, the bare bones of it are, this was a dude identified at 14. Like this is a dude, left-handed stick athlete, great swing, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it was like, oh, it's okay. It's Mooney and Lido. And then the next year there's, or two years later, there's Grimmer. Like, oh, wow. You know, uh, that was kind of what it was at 14. And then uh, then he, I don't know exactly what it is because I don't want to speak out of turn, but there was something he got hurt or he had some nagging stuff, this, that, and the other thing. And he kind of just with COVID mixed in there, like th- there was just kind of a blind spot. Like he didn't play a ton. And now he's, because I've seen St. Mary's a bunch, obviously he, he looks absolutely fantastic and i agree with you that he is pro bat in line for a huge summer and we should have him on the show i agree with all three points well isn't that just spectacular (laughs) (laughs) i love when you agree uh yeah i mean the scary thing is he's back next year and then you know there's still so many out there like you think about velasquez uh, Mm -hmm. alfredo velasquez at brother rice he's a 23 he's a he's everything bat arm you know the whole nine there at defense and all that and there's plenty more, you know, the list kind of just goes on. There's plenty more. So, uh, you know, with shoot, man, that's a, that's a wrap. I think, right. That's, that's an that's episode right there. So you got your super 25. We talked with Brady Birchmeyer. Uh, we'll do some more talking next week, uh, about this, that, and the other, we'll see what happens with the super 25, but guys, we're mid May. I hate to say it, but we're the season's winding down. We're in one of the two. I think we have two weeks left of regular season play at most. Uh, some teams will end maybe early to, to break. Some teams might push it to late. Uh, I don't know, but we've really only got like a week and a half or so left of regular season play. Uh, the Catholic League is already getting their playoffs going. There's, I'm sure there's any other league that's doing that is doing theirs too. Um, so we are hitting the pun intended seventh inning stretch of this season. Uh, as we enter June or get close to entering June for playoffs. So again, Homer, if you're out there, please give us a way to know your record and your scores. Uh, I will, we will do, we will do anything that is um, within reason is is the best way I could put that. So uh, thank you to everybody who listens. We appreciate you. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram and uh, anything else. That's all we got, right? Cold Weather Bats. It's at Cold Weather Bats. We're, wherever you need to find us, we're at Cold Weather Bats. And then if you're listening to this, I don't need to tell you to get us on Spotify or Apple Music. But what I can tell you is to leave a review after this episode ends. Go give us five stars. It helps us. If you add comments, too, we appreciate it. Uh, and that's about it, man. That's it for Cold Weather Bats for this week. For Brian, Brandon, myself, and third person. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll talk to you next week. Yeah.